Hello, this is a show from Radio. We're a group of stations bringing new and forgotten ways of making radio to our listeners. Delta to Yankee, Juliet Romeo. Each week we give artists the challenge to make radio that works across the whole of Europe and beyond. Delta to Yankee, Delta to Yankee, Juliet Romeo. Are you up for it? Hallo kinderen moeten vrij zijn, kinderen moeten vrij zijn, kinderen moeten vrij zijn, kinderen moeten vrij zijn. Ik wil dat, er minder, dat de mensen minder afval op die grond gooien. The Kenai Peninsula, the Swan Lake fire, has been raging for a month. Officials say in recent years these kinds of fires have become more frequent and persistent. But Alaska's also in the midst of an unprecedented heatwave that shows no signs of abating. I think not that the here in the buurt is 100% going Achter het nieuwe. Of achter het... Achter het platgooien in, in de mengsebouw te smaten. Ja, ja, ja. Dat bedoel ik. So we live in an era of global decimation dubbed by some the Anthropocene. Settler colonial states, including the US and Canada, disproportionately consume the world. So some kind of a some kind of force will have to be necessary to compel this gargantuan complex of capital accumulation to expire. To put it brutally, it has to be liquidated. That's what it's all about. I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking about physical liquidation of, of individual human beings, but it's an entire sphere of capital accumulation that, that must be terminated, right? And uh, this requires a clash with those interests uh, at the core of business as usual.
Sonic sensibility is a way of approaching the world that exposes the invisible movements beneath the surface of a visual world and thereby challenges the dominant position of that visual world. A view from a tall building may be beautiful, but this view carries with it the danger of the godlike view, a false appearance of overview, clarity and distance, which can make a person or even an entire culture feel seemingly objective, but actually superior. Sonic sensibility offers a counterbalance. The awareness of the complex polyphonic sonic world, from which we are not at an objective distance, but rather in the middle, makes the divine superior perspective impossible. In this way we realize that we have to embrace this beautiful pluriform complexity, unlock this sonic dimension by listening, and thus come to other possible worlds, sonic possible worlds. We strain our ears and focus on this invisible space, the gigantic mass of sounds that moves around and through us.
plan is simple. The plan is simple. First we will disrupt. First we will disrupt. Their business as usual. Their business as usual. By destabilizing. By destabilizing. The distribution of energy. The distribution of energy. For this to happen. For this to happen. There's no relationship between beauty and disaster. Mm. Well, there is a relationship, but it's not necessarily the one you think. Beautiful spaces are often really dangerous places, and ugly spaces can actually be very safe. So the relationship between what you find beautiful and whether it's dangerous or safe is again very complex it's there's no one-to-one -one. but i do find it interesting that for example oil fields they are often sonically and visually stunningly beautiful but they are fantastically dangerous places there's huge pollution and as we now know the whole oil industry has basically been destroying the <coughs> the weather patterns of this planet for the last hundred years and we're all beginning to suffer more and more from that so also in a global sense it's dangerous as well as in a local sense with the pollution um, yet they can be very beautiful
we listen to a recording of Cusack made in a forest near Chernobyl. In the recording we hear how Cusack walks around with a rattling radiation meter. Seven hundred. Eight hundred. A sonic impression of exposure to radioactive radiation. Six hundred. Pictures and tell. It's very really exciting. Hit the song.
I came to you for advice. You're confusing me. No, I've changed innumerable times. Yes, still I'm not so good at gray. Either or is not my thing. I'm not worried. I just don't know what to do. The exclusion of sound in philosophical discourse, or in theory in general, and we're talking Western discourse here in Western philosophy, is not innocent. I mean, the Western thought is all about tidying up the world along lines of function, 
purpose to the human. Very anthropocentric, hence also this, the colonial grab, the kind of grabbing, taking and bringing into museums where it then gets ordered. Absolutely, behind glass cabinets. And it's a totally visual culture that is not just visual because it's just forgot about the sonic, but because the sonic in its non-categorizability, in its non-linearity, it's in its diffuse geography and in its diffuse history, disturbs that ideology, that ideology of clear individuation, clear identity, this country, not that country, this bird, not that bird, where it doesn't, it, the, for the visual to work as a philosophy, it needs to exclude, exclude that fuzzy, what it calls irrational indivisibility of sound. Because as soon as we think through whatever discipline you take, literature, geography, history, music, particularly music that really doesn't like sound, paradoxically speaking, because um, it likes organized sound, mm. it likes a tone, <clears throat> it likes a categorizable, linguistically organizable sound. Boh, certo, boh, possiamo ascoltare una registrazione che fa parte di questa pubblicazione che ho fatto che si chiama Destinazione. Possiamo ascoltare una recording della mia pubblicazione che si chiama The Sound of Normalization. 
fatta fuori da, dal carcere a Brescia. It's a demonstration recorded outside the prison in Brescia. The demonstration was organized to express solidarity with the detainees and bring attention to the problems of prisons overcrowding. What you have in the recording is that instead of chanting for the team, the ultras chant for the detainees and chants move out from the stadium and infiltrate the city. Transmission. Find us on the internet, radia.fm. Over and out. Hello, this is a show from Radia. We're a group of stations bringing new and forgotten ways of making radio to our listeners. Delta to Yankee, Juliet Romeo. Each week we give artists the challenge to make radio that works across the whole of Europe and beyond. Delta to Yankee, Delta to Yankee, Juliet Romeo. Are you up for it? You are listening to Radio 030. Da müssen wir auch viel tun, darüber habe ich gesprochen. Sondern wir schaffen das nur zusammen mit Europa 
Und wir schaffen es nur, indem wir uns auch um die Fluchtursachen kümmern. aftermath in an earlier drowning disaster of boat peoples. I want to hear the roar of cannon. The immigrants must be hunted down for better or worse. At the second or third warning, boom, fire the cannons at them. Otherwise, this will never stop. Today in Berlin-Kreuzberg, the politicians in charge, here the Green Party, you be in the same position, only with a different rhetoric and a different party background. What is your real position in the frame of Europe's elimination system towards people who fled to this continent because Europe is engaged in their home countries like Ivory Coast, Sudan, Libya, Niger, Mali, Syria, Iraq, and Afghanistan? Wars, warmongering, military coups to maintain the business with the highest profit rates are producing refugees day by day. When vic the victim of these policies turn towards Europe, the hunt against them starts by all means And if it's not the roaring cannon that it's pushing back in the deserts, piling the boats, gunshots are beaten to death at the borders. And inside the borders of the fortress of so-called human rights and democracy, there is nothing different in general than to eliminate the evidence of all these crimes by isolating people in the lagas, the camps, by preparing for their deportation, by putting them in prison, by denying them basic rights to get a high, to get a high risk to die because of the lack of means to survive and stay healthy, by planting pain, trauma and sickness into the next generation. Who can live with it? We call on all refugees to critically rethink and strengthen our networks uh, in our communities to, and act together. Um, evict Germany, the refugees from this building um, did not work out the way it seems how the administration actually was had planned to. So there were about 200 refugees living in a former school um, after um, another protest had happened in Berlin-Kreuzberg at Oranienplatz. And um, the situation in the school obviously was um, pretty rough. Um, the infrastructure was very bad. And um, the, the administration in Kreuzberg then called upon the police to evacuate the refugees who were living there. Um, about 160 left. Um, it's apparently voluntarily the building, the school. But 40, about 40 of the refugees um, spent one week on the uh, rooftop of the building protesting um, the eviction and uh, while they were on the roof um, crowds of uh, students, pupils and um, residents of Berlin were um, protesting in solidarity with the refugees. Um, finally, a few days ago, an agreement was reached for now and um, the refugees um, managed um, to um, to um, yeah at least stay for now in that building but um, their political claim to get um, 
uh, a residence, uh, a residency in. Um, um, I know some people also living in the school, and when the police um, started to close um, the school, uh, I just uh, took the last moment to step inside because uh, I didn't want uh, to leave the people alone when the police come. Eighth of October, two thousand and fifteen, theguardian.com. Refugee crisis. Germany creaks under the strain of open door policy. By Kate Connolly in Berlin. After the initial euphoria, Germany now faces daily clashes in refugee centres, a rising far right, a backlog of registrations, and dissent among the ranks of Angela Merkel's government. The reality of shouldering Europe's refugee crisis are coming home to Germany, amid daily reports of clashes in asylum seeker homes, bureaucrats overwhelmed with a backlog of registration claims and deep divisions within Chancellor Angela Merkel's conservative ranks over how to manage the enormity of the challenge. Last estimates, so far unconfirmed by the government, are that Germany might expect as many as 1.5 million refugees by the end of the year, mostly from Syria, Afghanistan and Iraq. There are no signs that the numbers will let up in the future, with one government minister warning this week that many women and children can be expected to follow the males who make up the majority of those making the dangerous journey first. Merkel's decision last month to open the doors, particularly to Syrian refugees, has attracted growing criticism, today, even within her own party, as an estimated 10,000 would take over a five-year period, a television pre presenter recently pointed out in an almost throwaway remark. Guten Morgen. Schaut man sich Kommentarspalten unter Artikeln zur derzeitigen Flüchtlingssituation an, wird einem regelmäßig schlecht. Das hat der Grünpolitiker Konstantin von Notz. And we came here 6th of October last year, 2012. And so we said we will be here until we get our demands. And if not we are getting our demands, we are really going internationally. And not only internationally, we will go over the world by being visible in the heart of Germany, that's called Berlin. 
we have to shout, you know, that this is our demands. And like, for example, we also go deeply on our rights, like not just right, right. We are saying right, right, right. What's right? And even the German people say, what's right you have? But we have to clarify that uh, the article in the Human Rights Declaration, Article 13.1, what it says, that the person should be, you know, you know, be, you know, uh, going around or unless the border, you know, you know, just on the borders of that, I cannot go to, for example, Italy only with the passport, but in inside, I should have free of movement, you know, to the bordering uh, countries. So where this right, if I have president please, that I should not move, where the right, this is where we criminalize them, you know, because they are criminal. So for me, that's why I said we are going internationally and I make myself very clear that I ran, you know, I pass over states of Germany to prove myself that I can, you know, I act like anybody. I'm human being and I have normal. I cannot say I cannot act normal because I'm not from Germany. That's, you know, that's not okay. That's not, you know, like... Um, you know, functioning to me. And again, I took a tour around the countries of, you know, of Europe, like six countries around Europe. I, I went by myself without any documents because I have to, you know, like it's everything is, in, you know, is possible for we, the refugees, to stand up everywhere in this world, you know, because where the root of why refugees? Because no one of the persons say, I want to be refugee. No. You know, so we have to stand together. We have to cross the borders. We have to cross or to break these laws. And we have to go far, deeply to the, you know, to the, to the countries that have this one. And when the people practice, then it doesn't work anymore. Because for me, if I can work and they say it's law on me, you know, I cannot believe in this law unless they put it into, you know, into uh, like official, like, okay, you are not you know, having this uh, residency anymore because, you know, otherwise it's not working for me because I'm here. I'm not from here, from Berlin. I'm from Nida's action. But we break the lager flip anymore. So unless they are the one to, you know, to be in that lagas. But if it is me, that law will never work, you know. And we are going to do this and that's why we are saying we are going to do this and we break the laws ourselves and one day I'll be in Australia and one day I'll be in America. Don't tell me that because of papers. No, I will go On there. the 10th of December um, is a Benefit Scala in the Gedächtniskirche. On the 15th of December at 2 o'clock there's the big Oplatz demo, Keine Räumung des Protestcamps. And on the 17th of December there is the Soli Party in SO36, Strom und Wasser. And last but not least for this month, on the 21st of December is a big demonstration. I was like, like something 11 months ago, 
I came in Hungary. Then I arrest without any reason. You got arrested? Yes. Then I try to force police. I, I am not criminal. I am here. I just need the so called third world countries. So like we are normal. now working very um, focused on interviewing women, new women, new asylum seekers arriving in, in Germany to find out uh, what are the reasons that are making them leave their home countries and coming here and sort of exchanging with them and telling them what to expect here because what to expect in Germany is not very good anyway. So someone has to tell. So we are getting closer to, to the women that are coming. And in one month, in August this year, we are going to be publishing our first book which is uh, with around 10 uh, interviews with different uh, women from the that Middle East, from Africa, from Asia, uh, about their momentum. stories as asylum seekers here. Jihadists make UN camps hellish nightmare for Christians. Muslim gangs plunder German churches. FBI, no way to screen refugees. to talk about today have um, a call for a petition about racial profiling in Germany which is not yet forbidden uh, so if you um, are against it like we all are please uh, sign the petition under uh, the petition the e-petitionen in the Bundestag please and you can also go to the ESD Initiative Schwarze, Deutschen, uh, Schwarze Menschen in Deutschland and see uh, the petition very well. How many signatures do they need, Mai? Um, oh, I think they are aiming at um, around, I don't know, 25,000 or mm -hmm. something. I don't know exactly. They are very far away from it and it's very disturbing, actually. So, um, how many people signed? Uh, it says here is 6,776, but I don't know if it's the right, uh, the real amount. So, so I guess all the listeners and, and, yeah. and, their friends and their families. Yeah. They take your passport <laughs> and they just leave you there. You have stamp, but the Many police feelings they have power, no? The boats are not good. And so they tell the you, boats you are big, you do not go, big boats. Many people make the journey from there, but in Morocco, it's little boat. In Morocco, they go into the Sahara and they make the boat themselves. They paint the boat and they say, Hey, come! 
The first day we go to the water. We are three boats. We enter the boats, but we get bad luck because our motor breaks down. But we also get good luck because we are not yet too far away from the coast. Now only the water can take us. So the other boat help us. It takes us to where the stream will take us back to land. We go back to Sahara. The Arabic man said, You have to hide here. I will go buy food and water and I'll come back. We have three days. No water, no food. He goes for three days. We don't know where to go, so only this Arabic man can help us. Three days without water and no food. When he comes, I speak Arabic, and I tell him that three people die because of no water. He says, Eh, I'm so sorry. Eh, it's true. I tell him it's true. And he says, Okay, come, come, you drink. You drink first, come. He gives me the water. I drink, my stomach starts to pain me because no food, no nothing. We had been drinking our piss because there was nothing to drink. Like this, in your hand, you drink your piss. My throat is burning. With my stomach pain, he said, No, 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 now you stop. Eat something first. After that, you can drink. He has to stop me drinking too much. If I drink too much, I die. We go back into the boat. And the boat starts to take water. He say, he say to us, You want to stay here, or we try to get to Spain? We all want to try to get Spain, even if we die. If we stay in the desert again, we die. We enter and we start to take water, right up till we enter Spain. It takes 17 hours. We take water out of the boat with a small cup. You pass the cup and somebody throw it out. We do that all day and all night till we land in Spain. We are very lucky. Some people don't see the way and they die. Many people, their boat overloaded, it collapses, they die. Many people die on the boats because they are so weak from crossing the Sahara. My friend, he tell me his brother die in the boat and he have to throw him overboard like rubbish. He cry. He no cry. way Many to screen die in the boats. refugees coming to Europe. throw them into the sea. Refugee pushback growing in multiple states. Migrants create orgy of garbage and feces in Austria. Trump. Germany's Angela Merkel has insane policy. It is really Nationwide protests against Und wir müssen wissen, dass das lebensgefährlich ist. Sobald man hierher kommt, ist das Erste, was man machen muss, den Pass zu verstecken. Denn wenn der Pass gefunden wird, ist man verloren. Wenn man ein Asylantrag stellt, dann hört die Polizei einem nicht einmal zu, will nicht mal die Gründe wissen, sondern man wird sofort in Abschiebehaft genommen. Man wird Der Student aus Mönchengladbach entstammt einer iranischen Familie und ist mit Freundin und drei Kommilitonen angereist, um zu helfen. Aufgeregt Come on, come on, come on, come on.
racist mobs against um, against uh, everybody uh, that was perceived not to be German looking, let's say. And ever since then, the criminalization of um, asylum seekers has been going on. Now, you and your organization are very um, active in the struggle against racism in Germany, which is doesn't receive so much attention uh, in, I mean, the struggle against racism in general doesn't receive much attention in the German media. But how does the issue of asylum play into this and this entire uh, battle and struggle of refugees to become more visible to uh, make uh, their conditions? Uh, yes. Seem? Okay. Yeah, thanks for the question. Um, I think I have to answer by first making it very, very clear that it's important for us to be aware of the fact that even though black people in this country are subjected to uh, all forms of uh, overt and covert racism, that there is still a very, very important difference between, um, you know, black people who hold German passports, who have the privilege of German citizenship, and those who don't have that privilege. And this is something that uh, we are also keenly aware of in our organization. This is important to stress because uh, when I now talk about the um, issues that affect, um, you know, all um, people of African descent in Germany, partly also because of racist effects of the asylum law, I do not want to create the impression that somehow I'm uh, somehow pretending that, you know, uh, we are all uh, just the same because there are these differences in privileges mm. that we carry. So that's important to say. But having mm. said that, it is very clear that the, um, you know, racist um, implications, especially of the residency obligation law, um, are one of the main drivers for, uh, you know, uh, racial profiling in this country. Right. Across the length and breadth of the country, um, police are routinely stopping and checking people of African descent, um, you know, simply because of the racist assumption that, you know, if you are of African descent, you're somehow not from here. And if you're not from here, uh, it is possible that you might be violating the residency obligation law, and um, which is the law that, you know, prescribes asylum seekers from staying within either the district or an even smaller administrative area around, uh, you know, the asylum home that they have been assigned. Um, and there we see also some of the structural dimensions of racism and how it works um, in this country, simply because here we have a law that only applies, you know, to asylum seekers. Um, so, you know, if you have German citizenship, obviously, or even any European citizenship or any, you know, uh, legal status, uh, you can't uh, violate that law right yet we are being told that asylum seekers are somehow disproportionately violating the law well that is of course um, that might be true but that is simply because there is a law um, that only asylum seekers can actually violate so here we already have you know one of the workings of structural racism that is then expressed mm. in what seems to be somehow objective statistics that prove facts when really they just you know reiterate an image that has been created by such a you know racist distinction in the first place but then as I was saying The, the issue is also that the residency obligation law um, inspires police across the country to conduct um, racial profiling uh, and to disproportionately you know, check on and control um, the people of color because of the prevailing myth of Germany being somehow a white country. We know that myth to have been uh, wrong at all times in the history of this country, um, but clearly this is something that is still being today um, to enact certain racist um, practices. I just want to also stress that um, 
the issue of racial profiling is not merely a matter of inconvenience, mm-hmm. because um, especially when we look at um, in people of African descent as victims of police violence, we will find that, um, you know, for example, the number of um, people of African descent that fell victim, that were, you know, killed, that died mm-hmm. uh, in police action, uh, you know, and if you just look at those cases that have not been resolved yet, we find that that number roughly corresponds to the number of victims of the so-called uh, NSU, you know, the right-wing mm-hmm. terrorist organization that has been um, killing uh, mainly people of Greek and Turkish descent, you know, over a period of eight years. So the point really I want to make here is that this is not, you know, just an issue of inconvenience, but the problem is that uh, in our experience, we know that any contact with police can escalate to um, levels of violence that can even be life-threatening, um, which is a dynamic which in itself is, again, another expression of... Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a dynamic which in itself is mm-hmm. another expression of um, racist dynamics in the interaction between, That's the central um, you know, uh, police force to avoid and that contradiction and that you're naming. immer auch den ersten Zugriff hat und auch immer eine gute Möglichkeit, eine gute Wahl ist. Also ob überhaupt im Yeah, the human rights are based, um, or, or, or they, they came into being, they, they seemed necessary basically after the, the Second World War and basically for Europeans and for European refugees. Um, and um, exactly a bit like, like, you, like you said before, to have a World Refugee Day uh, is very contradictory in itself because a, 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 a real uh, a World Refugee Day should be a, 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 a fight day, a day of rage against the European Union. Yeah. So um, it's, it's, uh, it's a contradiction a bit in itself. And that's why, um, I mean, we know the trend. We know the, 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 we, we see it a lot in Germany. It's something that uh, liberal democracies are very good at. Uh, to 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 give them something to concentrate on to make to make it look what if you say a world refugee day you make it look like some sort of of nature catastrophe yeah. a nature power that is not in our hands and for sure not in the hands of the European Union it is some something some some victims that we need to that they are victims without a, a, a criminal they, they it's just mm-hmm. happened and we need to uh, to to help them. But uh, but the problem is never uh, the, the people who are that were existing in Germany at that time, the and there were different strategies in trying to uh, 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 to reach to the public, or also trying to reach to other migrants, trying to reach to other refugees. And now we've seen that uh, there are a lot of different organizations, refugee self initiatives, migrant self initiatives that have popped up. There are, I think I would say 100 folds uh, uh, than uh, 1994 or 1998. But again. The, uh, uh, the strategies are actually not the same and uh, there is actually no coordination of strategies. How does the caravan evolve in such a situation now? How does the voice evolve in such a situation now? This was also part of You are listening to Radio 030. End of transmission. Find us on the internet radia.fm over and out.